Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> What is up, everybody? Hope you had a great holidays. This is the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL week number 13 betting preview. We're going to talk about our favorite sides, totals, teasers, underdog money lines, and of course, we'll crack open our weekly Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky, Stuck, what is good? How was your Thanksgiving? I was great. No complaints here. How about yours? Had some relaxation time. You know, do us doing all the work to get everything out by Wednesday actually is cool because you get like a midweek break, which you really don't ever get. Let's do it. Let's get into Thursday Night Football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. So we got Seattle at Dallas. Seahawks are plus nine on the road in Jerry World, a total 47 and a half. I do think this number, just from a strict modeling standpoint, is a bit high for Dallas, but uh, it's Dallas or nothing. Uh, for me, I, I'm not betting this game, but it would be Dallas or nothing just because they've been so dominant at home. You've talked about the changes they made coming out of the bye, you know, throwing more on early downs, really kind of fixing some of the glitches in that offense. And Geno Smith going up against pressure and man coverage. This is the highest rate of man coverage defense in the league through 12 weeks. Uh, that tends to give this Seahawk, uh, these Seahawks skill position players issues in addition to to Smith, who who really struggles and uh, when he can't, uh, you know, when he doesn't have time in the pocket, that's where you see the Seahawks. I mean, they're one of the worst teams on third down. They kind of live off explosives. So against a defense like this, kind of like San Francisco last week, where you could kind of see the blowout coming. Now you do have a full week off here. So maybe Seattle will be a little more ready to go, but terrible matchup uh, from my vantage point. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think the line's a little high, just like my raw projection. But mm-hmm. yep. I mentioned this to you you know, for the last month, I don't want to get in front of this Dallas train. Since the bye week, Dallas has been on a roll. They did everything that I've been wanting to do on offense, Dak running, throwing early downs, more motion, Mm. offensive line now fully healthy. I mean, you saw them against the Eagles. They dominated that game uh, and just ran into the Eagles voodoo. And they've been crushing teams since. This team's rolling. I mean, since the bye week, their defense is rolling too. They fixed, they fixed everything post-digs. Uh, I mean, Duran Bland, you can throw out the pick sixes. I mean, he's given up, I think, the lowest passer rating in the NFL. Marquise Bell, better than Van Der Esch. I mean, obviously, they can get a pass rush. It's not a great matchup for Geno Smith. Man coverage, heavy pressure. That's his kryptonite, which is Dallas to a T. So this isn't a great matchup. It is a good spot. So Seattle needs this game. I mean, look, I think they have San Fran come up again, Philly. I mean, this is, you know, I know the NFC is weak, but this is close to a must win for Seattle. And Dallas has Philly on deck. So, you know, maybe they don't really want to run it up here, show a lot, stay healthy, rest up for Philly next week. But, yeah, it's just not a great matchup. And we also don't know how healthy – Geno Smith is, you know, Pete Carroll says he's a lot healthier. He looks night and day. 
different than what he did last week. Um, but Pete Carroll always has rosy injury reports for his players. So I think it's a little high. It's a good spot, bad matchup. I don't want to get in front of this Dallas train. So, and I hate Thursday night football. So probably a pass. If it got the 10, and I'm sure the Cowboys are going to take heavy public action in a primetime Island game. I'd probably make a small bet on Seattle. Um, but this Dallas team's rolling. I Even if I don't bet Seattle, I will be rooting for Seattle. Whether it's a fluky win, a close loss, just so Dallas doesn't get... I want Dallas under a field goal next week against the Eagles. That's the goal. Yeah, I feel you there. Uh, that Eagles team we will, I'm sure, talk about at length coming up. Uh, I'll just give everyone uh, a trend to close with just because you know I do think it's fascinating when we see favorite trends that sustain over time because those are the ones that generally the books are going to be the quickest to adjust for Dak Prescott favored by six points or more 30 and 11 against the spread 73 percent six and one 86 percent this season if you have bet Every Dak game where they're favored by six or more just this year alone, you'd have a 63% ROI over his entire career. If you bet every one of the uh, 42 games, uh, there was one push in there. Uh, you'd have a 41% ROI, according to our Action Labs data. So the Cowboys are, you know, that that team that, you know, again, I think we both agree that this line is a little bit high, probably closer to eight, eight eight and a half, but I'm starting to give Dallas a little bit more home field advantage. Uh, you know, just this combination of this defense with the pressure uh, and, and Dak has always played better at home. It's just, it's been a real struggle for teams to even stay close. All right, let's go right into our week 13 Sunday six pack. Thirsty for action. Let's crack open the Sunday six pack. So uh, 44, 42, me, uh, you're posing some ground here. Uh, two points for our first two picks, one for the third, one for the total, and one more if you sweep all four of those. Uh, and uh, shout out to our producer, Matt Mitchell, wanted us to uh, mention that our Against the spread record on these six pack picks this season is 43, 28 and one. That's 60%. So I uh, hope everyone out there has been uh, making some money telling the, uh, the picks and uh, we'll try to keep it, keep it going. And, you know, we're yeah. locking these in all at one time. So it's uh, been another good season, but uh, as I always say, it's on to the next week. Yeah. Eight out of, 12 weeks we have been at least four and two four and two or five and one still haven't got that six and oh sweep only one time uh did we have a week with more than three losses so i've uh, been fairly consistent hope that's that's good but some don't want awful anyone... beats too we've had about yeah, six or man. seven like once a year beats <laughs> it happens uh, I mean, so the patriots yeah. won the texans extra point ravens um, the Ravens against the Cardinals. Um, so, yeah, it's always nice when you can still uh, be rolling along while makes them makes those losses easier to swallow. When you're running bad and not, you know, picking mm, winners and then yeah. having those losses, that's when it's that's when it's the worst on Sundays. So, yeah, yeah, let's keep it rolling. All right, for my first pick and the first overall of the week number thirteen Sunday six pack going with the Arizona Cardinals plus five and a half at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, still the luckiest team in football. Uh, check out our luck rankings. Uh, they're great, uh, but they kind of point out when teams have been scoring above or below their expected score. Once you adjust for, you know, opponent field goal luck and all the other kind of luck, lucky uh, random kind of things that happen in games that the team has no control over. Listen, I've watched every snap uh, of Pittsburgh all year, of, of every team, but, you know, really closely watched this Pittsburgh team because it was the first game without Matt Canada, first game in, what, four years going over 400 yards. 
It wasn't they went great. On over 400 yards the day, the game before Matt Canada got there and then went over 400 yards. <laughs> the day. You can't make that up. Uh, over 400 yards for the first time the game after he left. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen this a bunch now where, uh, you know, unfortunately for the pod and, uh, we, you know, kind of sometimes when you get in, in front of these coaching changes, you just come out on the wrong side. Uh, and, you know, that was the case last week. Uh, Pittsburgh decided to have a decent offensive show, and it could have been more. They, you know, Deontay Johnson. I mean, De- Deontay Johnson just is like, any thoughts on Deontay Johnson before I get into this? Because I feel like I've watched this dude that that drop touchdown was soft. Half the time he catches a pass, he's running sideways or backwards. I, something he just kind of is, is this dude soft or what? Like, I, yeah, there was a run play where he like didn't block at all. Um, didn't he didn't look for the cover of the fumble? That uh, he yeah. walked right away from him. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I when, mean, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. There's definitely some something. There's definitely something going on there. Yeah. It's probably, you know, mental attitude, whatever, but, um, you know, maybe that touchdown deficit streak, whatever did something to him, but either way, uh, Kenny Pickett is still 30th of 38 quarterbacks in rating from a clean pocket. He, He just misses a bunch of throws every week. And that's, this is why the Cardinals in this kind of spot are, I think a a perfect kind of team to to cover, even if they end up maybe losing by three. But I think the Cardinals could win this game because Kenny Pickett. It's not really going to matter whether you got pressure or you don't. He's just he just misses throws whether he's pressured or not. Uh, he's actually been running well in terms of turnover luck lately. Hasn't really turned it over, so uh, that could happen at any time given the way he's he's throwing the football. But on the other side, Kyler Murray, some mobility to get away from Watt and, and Hayward and those guys. I just love the spot for both sides from the Pittsburgh perspective. You're coming off a, a big win in the division. Now you're a home favorite. Mike Tomlin as a favorite by more than a field goal coming off a win, 28-47-1 and one against the spread, just 37%. So be it. We set responsibility for that. We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. We're going to go in attack mode because we have to, because that's what's required. And on the other side, Arizona, who we faded last week, uh, and they got blown out, you know, after that first drive, uh, really couldn't get it going. But uh, dogs coming off a loss of 20 or more points, 120, 79, and 4, 60% since 2017 against the spread. And for whatever reason, and I talked about this last week. Kyler Murray, I don't know if he presses or if it's something you know more to do with just the the market and the models or what. But always seem to overrate the Cardinals at home and then underrate them on the road. So uh, to that point, Kyler Murray as a road underdog, fourteen and four against the spread, seventy eight percent covering by an average of eight point three points per game. So uh, I think Arizona can stay close here. Hoping we get uh, Wilson back. Not sure if we, if we will, but that that'll help, but you have Connor, you have Murray, uh, Marquise Brown, McBride's playing well. And on the other side, uh, Arizona's defense is not good. Pittsburgh is going to be able to run and they'll, they'll put up their rushing yardage, but I still don't trust Pickett. I still think he can make just as many mistakes or, or just miss throws uh, when he's not pressured as when he is. So uh, this Cardinal defense that really not going to get too much pressure, uh, but they do have some, some solid safeties. Uh, so they could, you know, Kenny Pickett still could be in some, in some trouble here on some of those throws, even though this defense has been one of the worst in the league. Uh, so, you know, Pittsburgh could easily win his game like 17, 13, and you cover the numbers. Also, this is the top luck-ranking matchup of the week. Uh, Pittsburgh, number one. Arizona, 18th. Uh, a gap of 32% uh, is the highest of the week, just edging out the 49ers against Philly, which I have a gut feeling we'll be talking about in just a second. 
I will have more on this game in the total section. So I'll just go to my first pick and the second overall of the week 13 Sunday six pack. I am going with the San Francisco 49ers minus two and a half. This is good up to minus 120. Shop around as always. Uh, and try to get the best number. Um, but I love this spot. Number one, let's just talk about the spot. Obviously, a playoff revenge here from last year. San Fran has had this game circled. I'm sure that Shanahan has been working on a game. He's probably been working on his script for this game uh, for, I don't know, since that game ended when they had a play with McCaffrey as quarterback. So San Fran has this game circled. But more importantly, just where this game comes in the schedule Philadelphia got their playoff revenge against Kansas City. Then, and again, they went right down to the wire. Then, on a short week, they play Buffalo in a game that goes to overtime in a complete war from start to finish. They were on the field. Their defense was on the field for 95 plays, and they suffered injuries. Cunningham, who's been pretty good at linebacker, a position they have no depth on. He's out. Uh, you know, Fletcher Cox got banged up. Davis got banged up. They still don't have a slot. Uh, their corners, Bradbury and Slayer, just not playing well. Uh, maybe that 30 cliff. I don't know. Um, but when you look at this Eagles defense, it has holes over the middle of the field. They can't cover tight ends. Uh, the Maddox injury is just so big. That's everywhere where the 49ers can attack. On the other side, 49ers extended rest here. They played on Thursday. Burford came back. They're basically fully healthy. And they had a three-game losing streak when Debo and Trent Williams, who's still the best left tackle in football, were out. They're 8-0 when both of them play with an average scoring margin of 21 points. They are bludgeoning teams. They are playing unbelievable football. They also have added Chase Young to – and Lane Johnson might not go. He says he's going to play, but it's going to it's going to rain. And groin it – what happened last week? It was going to rain. You don't want to put a – out there with a groin. So I think he's iffier. You know, Lane Johnson's a warrior, one of the best right tackles in the NFL. But with rain, the Cowboys on deck, I think it's a little iffier than some are saying. And that Eagles offense, which is completely out of rhythm right now. Uh, they've just they just cap they've capitalized. They've been one of the luckiest teams. I think they're the second luckiest team. I don't know what's in the water uh in Pennsylvania this year, but they've won four straight games trailing at the half being outgained by 100-plus yards. They had no business beating the Bills, no business beating the Cowboys. The Chiefs drop all of those passes. Uh, you know, this is a team that's, what, 7-1 and one in one-possession games this year? So Diaz holes, always in rhhythm. They're dealing with injuries. They really miss Dallas Goddard. He says he's going to play. He says he's trying to play. I think he's probably more likely for next week against Dallas. But it's a banged-up team, and it's got to be exhausted. After this run, San Fran comes in much healthier and uh, much more well-rested. And San Francisco, not only is their offense, when their offense is at full strength, I think it's the best in the NFL. Their defense has also made a drastic turnaround. I mentioned that they signed or they traded for Chase Young. That was a huge weakness on the other side of Bosa. And what that does is it allows Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave to get one-on-one matchups. And the defense has been so much better. And also, what do they do? So more pressure helps your secondary. They also benched Isaiah Oliver, who has been who was miserable. 87.5% reception percentage allowed. I think he got 35 receptions on 40 targets, worst of any corner. And that includes Damari Mathis in the NFL. He was in the slot. They moved Lenore to slot where he's better suited. And then they moved Ambry Thomas outside. They put him outside uh, on opposite of uh, Tredavious Ward. And w- he's been amazing. Ward and Thomas are both top 15 per PFF. And I think what they can do here, similar to what they did against Seattle, is I think you take and you kind of follow around Brown. Ward, more physical corner. Thomas, more suited to cover, you know, a shiftier, speedier, more slender receiver in Devontae Smith. And there's Lenore can come up helping the run. The Eagles don't have a third person to throw to right now. It's a major problem in their offense. It's just Jalen Hurts is getting a little healthier, but you can still see he doesn't have the same burst. 
And that's a big problem for this offense. When he's running and at full speed, the offense is at a different level. So this Eagles offense is just, look, I know they're 10-1, and one, but they have been skating by, getting very fortunate in a number of different areas. I think San Fran has had this game circled. They match up really well on the defensive end. Their offense can specifically take advantage of the weaknesses in this Philly defense. I think San Fran is the spot. I think they're going to come out the great script, get a lead here. And uh, I think the Philly luck finally runs out. Give me the 49ers. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm curious as to what you think about the three, you know, normal juice, uh, because I'm assuming that, you know, people are going to listen to this later in the week. And it looks like the Niners probably close at uh, minus three, something like 90% of their games they've won in uh, of their wins have been by, a touchdown or more dating back to the start of last year. So how valuable is that three? I mean, is the two and a half versus the three to you in this spot? Yeah. I mean, I guess I, if I had to still play it at a, if it was a flat three and you wanted to play this game, I would still play the 49ers, but for the time being, well, you can get up to minus minus one twenty, um, get that or buy it to that. I'm also assuming, cause I've, I've heard people say this, they'll take the money line. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Right now, the money line is minus 150. I assume if it goes to a flat three, it'll be like minus 160-ish. In this particular case, you know, if it was a flat three versus the minus 160, I would, I would go with the three. All right, for my second pick, the third overall of the week 13, Sunday six-pack going with the Tennessee Titans plus one at home against the Indianapolis Colts. And I like this matchup for Tennessee. And the reason being is you have two quarterbacks who are not good. You know, we know Will Levis is a rookie. Uh, it's, you know, it's going to be touch and go with him. But Gardner Minshew is – 32nd, tied for 32nd of 38 passers and passer rating from a clean pocket, according to PFF. And, you know, kind of like Kenny Pickett, it's, you know, you just never quite know what you're going to get as far as the the throws, the turnovers and whatnot. And Tennessee, the difference is Tennessee, their run game trending up, Indianapolis run game trending down for this matchup. And the reason being Grover Stewart still out one more game suspended for Indianapolis for performance uh, enhancing drugs. He was the number five graded run defender out of 134 qualified interior linemen at PFF. And the numbers bear it out weeks one through six with Stewart in the lineup. The Colts were 14th in EPA per rush Week 7 through 12 with Stewart out, 31st in EPA per rush. 31st in success rate uh, against the run as well. So they're bottom two run defense without uh, yeah. without Grover Stewart. It's been bad. And Tennessee, the tackle situation has been uh, a mess. But these guys, Duncan and then Radons. Radons, I think that's how you pronounce it. Dylan Radons. Yeah. Radons. Yeah. So, you know, he's kind of a utility guy. Both these guys, not great pass blockers. Obviously, they wouldn't be down the depth chart, but they both graded out well in run blocking. So in this kind of matchup, you just got two wild card quarterbacks. Um, I'm getting the better run run offense and the better run matchup here with Tennessee because on the other side, Jonathan Taylor, doubtful, just had surgery on his thumb. He's going to miss the next couple of weeks. So Zach Moss played well, really well against Tennessee in that first game. But remember that Jeffrey Simmons got hurt mid game. I think Tart got hurt in that game too. Uh, but I know Jeffrey Simmons did, but uh, Tennessee, you know, that was a, a blip Tennessee number two in run defense DVOA. And this is, you know, this is what they've been the last couple of years. Jeffrey Simmons just anchors that line and, and they have some horses to stop the run. So uh Two shaky quarterbacks. The better team, the better run matchup is with the Titans. Titans are at home. And, you know, it's always a small sample when you're talking about home road splits within a given season, but it's been night and day for the Titans at home versus 
on the road or in, or in uh, London, I guess, uh, was one of their games. But at home, true home games, because the London game, I think, counted as a home game. But in their four true home games in Nashville, 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread, covering by just under 11 points per game on average, averaging 24.8 points a game, giving up 15, uh, a point differential of just under 10, 345 total yards per game, allowing 288 total yards per game. So a yardage, total yardage differential of plus 57. Then when they're on the road, 0-7 straight up, 1-6 against the spread. ATS margin, negative 8 points on average. Averaging just 12 points a game away out of Tennessee. Giving up 23 and a half, negative 11 point differential, and a yardage differential of over negative 100, negative 113. So you're going from plus 57 in yardage at home to negative 113 on the road. Uh, so this team, and, and it makes sense. I mean, they, you know, the OI is not great. Uh, so they need kind of those intangibles and, and that, that home crowd. But when they do, they're well-coached team and um, they can run the ball. And if they get a lead, it, it it should be good for them. But Vrabel, home dog, 12 and 7, 63% against the spread, covering by 5.3 points per game. And Vrabel as a home dog or a favorite by less than a field goal, because I, I realize that this number could jump to – Tennessee minus one. There's not really much difference between plus one and minus one. Uh, so don't, you know, don't think that's like a, a massive jump, but it could go that direction. Uh, Mike Vrabel is a home dog or a favorite by less than a field goal, 15 and nine, 63% against the spread, covering by an average of 3.7 points per game. So uh, I, I think Tennessee should win this one. Thought they should have won the one. In Indianapolis, but that was the one where I, you know, they planned for Richardson, and then Min, Minshew came in, and then Simmons got hurt, and Moss busted off a, a bunch of uh, explosives. So a lot of things went wrong. They lost by one score. Uh, I think they get it done here. Give me the Titans plus one at home against the Colts. Uh, I have no feel on this one, so I'll try to root you in. Although a Colts loss here would really help the Bills if you want to. Take a flyer in the Bills. Uh, this is the time. I think they're going to go on a run, but a Colts loss, he would really help them. All right, for my second pick in the fourth overall, the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Houston Texans minus three and a half at home against the Denver Broncos. We both love Stroud. Tank Dell didn't practice today, but he's going to be good to go. I think they might have their entire receiving core back this week. Noah Brown, I think maybe that timetable wise, this is usually when he should come back. We'll see. They haven't uh, had all four, all top four together since week one, I believe. So it's been yeah. It's but been, this is mainly a complete sell of Denver. Uh I was on the Denver bandwagon, leading the bandwagon about the defensive improvements. Get McMillan in the slot, you remove Mathis, you put in Morrow. They got guys like Browning and Jones back healthy. D definitely was not historically bad. The D is still bad. The Denver's won five straight, and everyone's saying playoffs. We're all, all about Russell Wilson and this resurgence. Okay. But first of all, of those five games, three have come by combined five points. The other two were against the Browns, who lost every starter in that game, and then we're down to P.J. Walker, and it was a mess. And then they played Mahomes with the flu. In those five games, they beat the Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Vikings, and Browns. Those teams went 7 of 16, scoring touchdowns in the red zone, 8 of 15 and 4 and 4th down. Most importantly, 16 turnovers to only two for the Broncos. Five-game winning streak plus 14 turnover margin. 44 of their 117 points during their five-game winning streak have come directly off of turnovers. That's 38%. Still only averaging 23 points per game. Without the turnovers, they're averaging 14 points per game. They've forced 14 fumbles on the season. They've recovered 12. No other team's recovered more than nine. I mean, and if you look, since the five-game winning streak started in week seven, Broncos seventh in EPA per play on D. Guess what? EPA very heavily weight. It's heavily skewed by turnovers. 
If you remove turnovers, 25th. Success rate, 25th. It's literally just been turnover luck for five games straight. Meanwhile, over that same stretch, Texans D, 16th in EPA per play. If you remove turnovers, 6th in success rate, 2nd versus the rush, which is huge because that's been the engine of this entire you know Broncos offense. They have a good script, and then it's, hey, let's run it and then give Russ easy throws. How about the offenses since week seven, if we remove turnovers? EPA per play, Broncos, 23rd. Texans, 5th. Success rate, Broncos, 26th. Texans, 12th. I mean, this Broncos team is still a bottom third team in the NFL, offense and defense. They've just been getting every bounce possible for five games. Peak of the market here. I think we mentioned this game last week. This is the spot to sell Denver if they beat Cleveland. Broncos D, by the way, 11th highest blitz rate, and they get no pressure. Fourth lowest pressure rate. Well, Stroud's been elite when he's been kept clean, arguably the best quarterback in the NFL this year, and he's been good versus the blitz. A little shaky when you can get pressure on him. Still as a young quarterback without blitzing. Broncos can't do that. Uh, so this is just a great matchup for the Texans. Both sides of the ball. Complete sell high this Denver team. Plus 14 in turnovers of the past five games. And they still won three by a combined five points. Uh, I think I think there's blowout risk here. Yeah, I don't hate it. I feel like the, the thing about Houston is they're still leaving meat on the bone. I mean, with all the with the kicker issues, I feel like there's a, like a, a a drive that just ends in like a stupid penalty uh, each week. I mean, there's for as good as Stroud in this Texan offense has been, there's like they should have had more than 19 against Atlanta. They should have had more than uh, 21 against Jacksonville. So, uh, good spot for for yeah. Houston they have some positive regression right. coming. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, it's that. The, the eye test looks better than the end result. Texans could be like a legit, just like how Burrow ascended with the Bengals. Yeah, they could year. be the sleeper. Yeah, I think there's only seven yeah. teams that could win the Super Bowl. The one that could emerge as the sleeper because of the quarterback is the Texans. Yeah. You can't have Matt Amendola as your kicker. I know that their kicker got hurt. They cut him. They re-signed him to the practice squad today. They, they worked out Brett Maher today. Oh, Never. God. Not, not her. her. Yeah. Nah, her might be even worse. Oh, I know. So uh, hopefully that doesn't burn us because we've been burned by two bets on this. Texas last week, Amendola comes up an inch short, and then they don't have a kicker to kick an extra point. But uh, I think there's a chance Texas by uh, 14 plus. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, okay, my third pick, the fifth overall of the Week 13 Sunday six-pack. For the first time all season, I said I wasn't going to bet on Frank Reich. He's gone. Carolina, plus five and a half at Tampa Bay. So, number one, I don't think you're going to get a massive uh, boost here from, you know, the change in, in, in coaches because you did have Thomas Brown calling plays before, and it didn't really seem – to do anything, but at the same time, we saw this Carolina team, and you know there are so, some players. I know they got rid of a lot of people, but there are a bunch of guys that were on this team last year that are still there, and uh, we saw this team kind of perk up from the coaching change last year. I think you could see something like that this year as well. Uh, you know, Carolina's defense is starting to come together under Edgero Evero, who I think we both respect. You know. Weeks one through seven, uh, before you know, through the bye, 
allowing 31 points a game, 342 yards. Uh, they ranked 31st in success rate since the bye from 31 points allowed to 21 uh, from 342 yards per game allowed to 259 and the success rate 18th. And if you remove turnovers, 16th in success rate and 10th in EPA per play. So they haven't been, you know, just kind of benefiting from turnovers. If anything, the other team have, uh, but, you know, I'm just hoping that offensively, you know, you got rid of Reich, who I think the game passed by, uh, and then you got rid of a couple of his assistants. You got rid of the quarterback coach McCown and Deuce Staley, who probably was the reason they kept feeding Miles Sanders when he's averaging like 1.2 yards a carry. It's clear to anyone to see Chuba Hubbard uh, is the better back. But I mean, shouts to Deuce because I cleared uh, my Chuba under last week by I think a yard and a half because Miles Sanders kept checking back in the game, even though Chuba was out playing him uh, and running circles around him. But I think, you know, just kind of getting better, uh, you know, better rotation in the backfield. I think uh, with Blackshear active, I think, you know, getting Thielen back involved, he's been quiet. And uh, this is a, a defense in Tampa Bay that's really been regressing. They got a lot of guys banged up, you know, even if they end up playing, you know, both corners. Uh, Davis the corners are Dean. playing so bad. That's yeah, they're, they, they're definitely hurt. And, and they're all yeah. on the injury report. So uh, this is one of them. They, they'll probably play. You also have Levante David questionable with a groin. Devin White questionable with a foot. So you have Halton Davis, Jamel Dean, Levante David, and Devin White. Davis and Dean have ankles. That's four of your top defensive players, all with lower leg, uh, with, with leg injuries. Part of the reason why this defense has really been struggling so you're you're talking about a defense that's struggling and Baker Mayfield favored by more than a field goal with Frank Reich out of the picture and you know potentially some new wrinkles here. I mean, could, oh, there's nowhere to go, nowhere to go but up for this Carolina offense. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you like what could or couldn't happen or you know what they've been bad at, what can improve. Everything's been bad. This is the time to buy Carolina. This is the time to, I mean, the Bucs, remember how, like w- what we thought of the Bucs coming into the year? They were right there. A lot of people thought they'd be worse than Carolina. This team has lost, what, five of the last six games after starting hot. Baker Mayfield's a five and a half point favorite. He's 13 and 24, 35% against the spread as a favorite in his career. Failing to cover by an average of a field goal per game in those spots. Todd Bowles as a favorite by a field goal or more, six and 13, 32% in his career, failing to cover by just over four and a half points per game on average. And uh, I talk about this is kind of the time to buy Carolina road underdogs with one or fewer wins in their eighth through 12th game, 63, 30 and five. 68% 68% against the spread over the last two decades, covering by 3.6 points per game. So I, I like the spot here for Carolina. If Carolina is ever going to perk up, uh, it might be this game. You know, even if they only score 13, I think they can hold the Bucks to 16 and, and get the cover. So give me the Panthers for the first time all year, plus five and a half at Tampa. Since week seven, Tampa 29th, Tampa D 29th in EPA per play. They are leaking oil. Yeah, I generally don't think that there can be – I mean, historically, if you look, there is a slight bump when a coach is fired that first week. If there's a reason to believe – you know, if there's like low-hanging fruit, I think there can be some significant changes. Bryce Young's obviously been bad. He's small. He can't can't really see downfield. He just looks overwhelmed. The front office went to Reich – and said they need to incorporate more RPOs into yep. his game plan, which suits Bryce Young well. And that's he's had a lot of success doing that in the past. Reich said no, it doesn't fit his system. So I assume you're going to see a lot more RPOs. Reich's a stubborn guy, just kept trying to fit Young, you know, say uh, Young is a square peg into Reich's circle, into his hole. That came out weird. I think we're getting into a weird area here. <laughs> um, 
So like you need to make some adjustments, man, help them out. So I think that you'll see a game plan that's more conducive to the skill set and what Bryce Young is comfortable doing. And there's also the element of surprise, right? Like, so you'll have these new wrinkles that Tampa is not ready for. And you didn't even mention, it might not be Baker Mayfield. Could be Trask, who's horrendous. Mayfield hurt his ankle in the game last week, did come back, but couldn't put any weight on it after the game, said it was all adrenaline. So he's he's definitely not 100%. So we'll see how that progresses throughout the week. So I'm on this also, so I like it. For my third pick in the sixth overall, the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers plus six against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night. Number one, it's a great spot. Packers extended rest here, getting healthier, especially on the defensive end. Should get some guys back. Everyone, a lot of guys in their secondary are practicing. Chiefs, meanwhile, coming off a division win. Bills on deck, traveling, you know, into the cold, non-conference game, kind of a sleepy spot. Packers in a re- must win. You know, that win over the line's huge. Got a lot of momentum. You want to really get back to the playoff picture, you got to win this game. They've also had four losses by a combined 10 points. Been one of the unluckiest teams in the NFL. And Jordan Love is playing his best football of the season. And I think he's a little undervalued in the market. And the, the Chiefs of the offense just doesn't look right. There's some flashes here and there, but man, they go through these long droughts and it's all in the receivers. Just so many drops and just no rhythm and they can't figure out who to play. Just at EPA per play among all quarterbacks since week seven, which was after the Packers by when you've started to see flashes from young from Love, and his numbers are even better since week nine. But let's take week seven for a bigger sample size. Justin EPA per play among quarterbacks, Love, ninth, Mahomes, 10th. Adjusted completion percentage, the same. Love, two more air yards than Mahomes. Uh, So uh, this Chiefs team, look, their defense is good, but the Packers' offensive line can handle their front. And that's a lot of what is driving this Chiefs' defensive resurgence. Back all was great. Uh, you know, their corners are really good, but they're also getting a lot of pressure, getting a lot of sacks. Love's playing very confidently right now. I think they'll be able to run a little bit. I think they'll hit some explosives. And this is when you want to fade Mahomes. Favorite over a field goal. And that offense just, I don't really trust them to win by a ton of margin right now. Like what I'm seeing from the Packers of late. Give me Green Bay and the six points at home in a great spot. Yeah, Jordan Love is is playing a lot better. It, you know, the better he plays, the better he plays because he's one of those quarterbacks that really struggles when he gets behind in games. You know, I made the mistake of betting on him to throw a pick on Thanksgiving because th- that was their biggest spread of the the year. You know, they hadn't been plus more than three and a half. All ten of Love's picks this year have come when trailing. You know, so it's you know he kind of throws it up. He gets you know and. Christian Watson, sometimes he puts the ball in harm's way, but, you know, Watson's starting to wake up. Uh, Jaden Reed, I mean, that 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 receipt, that receipt those young receivers are really coming into their own. It's a shame Musgrave went down with the injury, but that's given a chance for Tucker Craft, another uh, day two pick, I believe it was. So, yeah, like, this is a time of year when if the Packers are going to make some noise, this is when you would expect it, because we both talked about it. They had the – just everyone – was young everyone was first and second year is first and second year on the on the skill position so you expect you know some you know some some rough patches growing and some growing pains, pains. Yeah. yeah growing pains exactly so now you're starting to see jordan love a lot more efficient more accurate and the receivers are helping him out too making making plays on the ball and making plays after the catch so you know and confidence get, with a young core like that goes such a yeah. long way all right, so let's see. What do we got here? Quarterback-wise, you got Purdy, Stroud, and Love. Not bad. I got Kyler, Will Levis, and Bryce Young. So I got, like, the the top uh, – I got some, like, draft picks that really haven't lived up to uh, the hype, and you got the emerging all-stars. So you definitely got, got the me only quarterbacks. two quarterbacks who have been drafted in the past three years that have worked out so far. There's been so uh, many bad quarterback draft choices over the last three years. Stuck – you have the Niners minus two and a half, Texans minus three and a half, Packers plus six. I have the Cardinals plus five and a half, Titans plus one, and the Panthers plus five and a half. That's going to do it 
for our week 13 Sunday six pack. Now it's time for our week 13 coaches pep talk. I don't know what you to pull this amateur bull trap. All right. Do you hear me? Do you understand me? This week's coaches pep talk comes to us from the greatest voice in NFL history. My favorite voice. I could listen to this guy all day. John Facenda nicknamed the voice of God and we're going to dedicate this to the 49ers, Texans, Packers, Cardinals, Titans, and Carolina Panthers, all of our six-pack teams, all of them, be savage again, get it done for us. Still looking for that first 6-0 and week of the year. Super Bowl dreams that glowed in the summer sunshine flicker and fade in the autumn shadows and hopes that were high in the heat of September can wilt and die in the chill of November. November can be cold and gray. November can be surly, with bitter rain upon the world and winter coming early. Do you fear the force of the wind, the slash of the rain? Go face them and fight them. Be savage again. The palms of your hands will thicken, the skin of your cheek will tan. You'll grow ragged and weary and wet, but you must do the best you can. I mean, I could just listen to this guy all day. Uh, this was who I heard watching the NFL films of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I didn't even know there were other narrators. John Facenda, voice of God, love it. I think we might just need to do him coaches pep talks for the rest of the year because this is uh, it's just just gets me in a mood for some football man it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go to our favorite total of the week. Uh, we are 13 and 11 on totals this year so far, so it uh, could be a little better, but uh, you went, I went first for the six-pack. You're up first for the total stuff. Where are you going? Pittsburgh, Arizona, over 41. So I faded Pittsburgh last week, was expecting a little more from Jake Brown and did not get yeah. it. Yeah. Even if you look at his yards – 70 of those yards were tipped. Deflections. Catches. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was uglier than the final box, which is a terrible bet. Credit to Steelers. Like I said, Steelers, 400 yards of offense. The last time they did that was when Canada was gone. And I just – I said to myself, look, Pickett is terrible, and he is, but he refused to throw the, in between the hashes. He actually was. Friermuth being yeah. back. The Cardinals' defense is something special. I mean, they don't – they can't do – they don't do anything right. Like, I, I, what, they don't do anything well. Their safeties are okay. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Marco Wilson is dreadful. So the Cardinals can't stop anybody. And I've said it before. I think that the Steelers' defense is overrated, especially on the back end, especially in coverage. This is where Kyler Murray's legs are going to come into play. You know, he can extend plays. Gannon's been playing, like, really aggressive, which I like. You know, he'll go for two, he'll go for four downs, and – He's basically just saying, like, you know, we, we know we're overmatched, so we're not going to play completely conservative, um, which I like for an over. Um, he's not going to say, like, oh, we're the worst team. Let's punt on fourth and two from the 50. He's going to go for it. He's going to go for two sometimes. And, yeah, I think this total is a little bit too low because I think the Steelers move the ball, and I think the Cardinals actually have success moving the ball. I think this game ends up like, uh, let's call it 24-20. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I you also have the – Kyler Murray scrambling over correction coming because 
he scrambled for that touchdown on the first drive and then didn't run again the whole game. Yeah, it's like that that Ram team and and just always in the heads of, of the Cardinals. Yeah. But just hoping my Cardinals get there for the cover. I'm going Patriots Chargers under 41 for my total. Listen, the Patriots still don't have a quarterback. Uh guess Zappy is taking first team reps this week. Daily Zappy. He's really been struggling at throwing and just the same as Mac Jones, but they just throw it right to the defense. The mark, I mean, yeah, it's it's gotta be something mental with Mac Jones. I mean, that's that's there's no way. It's like every like third or fourth play in like opponent territory, uh, like it's just straight to the defense. I don't I don't know what's going on with him, but Zappy has been one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the short range, zero to nine yards, which is those are gimmies in the NFL, but not for Zappy. He this season he ranks last of 51 quarterbacks in in accuracy over the short range. And last year he was 52nd of 68. So near the bottom he's of the league. He's too small. He's too small. Basically. Yeah, he's too small. Uh and then you know, last year with uh who is it? Matt Patricia, I guess. You did see at least they, they kind of let Zappy be a little bit more of a, you know, just throw throw some up downfield. But when he came in for Mac Jones in that last game, it was just screen after screen. His average up to target was 2.3. So at this point, I feel like the Patriots, they they feel like their offense is broken. Your best receivers in the concussion protocol, Pop Douglas. So you might see a 80% plus of Devontae Parker, which is just negative in terms of scoring points. And on the other side, you know, this Charger team, you can always count on the Chargers to, to squander one or two scoring opportunities that they probably should should make. And it's still, you know, neither team I think is going to be able to run very well. So you can see some long, some third, second and long, third and longs. Not great for the Patriots. Okay for the Chargers, but the Chargers really are not gonna, the same offense yeah, without Mike Williams. It's not. And you know, maybe they get Palmer back this week, but Guyton's been bad. Quentin Johnson's been terrible. Yeah, Eckler looks slow. And, you know, last year, Eckler asked for a reduction in workload. And at the time, I thought that was really odd because he was coming off those two monster years. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, maybe he kind of knows his own body and it's because he doesn't look the same. But also, really, I mean, the O line is, is killing the Chargers. Will clap at center, losing a, a, a great center, underrated knock to an offense. Corey Lindsley, one of the better centers in the league yeah. since he went out. Yeah, I mean, Herbert's getting pressured at all the wrong times. Not even just the pressure. It's when it's happening. It always seems to happen at the worst times. Uh, either way, I, I'm seeing like a 23 to 12 Chargers uh, win in this spot. I don't think either team runs up the score. So Patriots, Chargers under 41. Like it. All right. Uh, so Steelers cards over 41. Pat's Chargers under 41. Now it's time for our favorite teaser of the week. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me, don't tease me, try to please me. Stuck is 9-3 and three, uh, this year on, on the pod on teasers, so good, good shit, Stuck. Uh, I'm 8-4, and four, so together, 17-7, and seven, so... Uh, profitable teaser year for us here on the pod. Let's try to keep it rolling. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to include a rare Monday nighter. Uh, I know we always cover just Sunday games, but uh, Jags are one of my favorite teaser pieces uh, of the weekend. Low total. I think the total's down to 38. You're crossing the seven and the three. That is just the ideal teaser piece. Jake Browning is just not the guy. And, I mean, this Bengals defense is a mess. Uh, dead last and explosiveness loud. Their corners, their sole secondary is a mess right now. They're giving Run up defense. runs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's bad. So, I I don't, I can't see Jake Browning and this Bengals team going into Jacksonville and getting the win. So, it tees Jacksonville down to two and a half. And reluctantly, I'm teasing Tim Boyle up to eight and a half <clears throat> through the three and seven this total i made 32 i don't know <laughs> what, is it, 
34. It's at, uh, and that's, I didn't even, that's the weather adjustment. Usually totals, I can't remember the last time I made a total that low when it wasn't like in Cleveland with like 30 mile an hour winds. So yeah, obviously points could be at a premium here. Can the Jets get the 10? I think so, um, which might be enough. And it's Ritter who just loves to turn the ball over. He wants to get. Oh my god! Coach. Yeah, me and my boy, me and my shout out to my boy Chris. We just call it Rittering at this point. Like we just text yeah. each other because it just without fail they'll get in the red zone. They'll be like this close to scoring a touchdown. Like all you gotta do just hit the open receiver, hold the ball across the goal, whatever it ha- be turnover. Like it's just it's yeah. Awkward. So he's he'll probably have a turn a couple turnovers here against this Jets D. I have to do it. Crossing three and seven, totals 34. I make it 32. So Jets and Jags. Uh, for mine, I'll go with the Chargers down to a pick and the Titans up to seven to give us some uh, diversity here. I already talked about the Titans and the Chargers, kind of briefly touched on them, but this is a game they should win. That's never safe with them. But uh, this Patriot offense, just not in a good spot. I, I don't think when you have two quarterbacks taking reps, you have none. Uh, Zappy kind of overstayed his welcome. I think, uh, you know, kind of surprised some people first couple of games last year. That was your boy. I know you were you got a couple covers out of him. But uh, ever since then, you know, watching him in the preseason this year, watching him in the regular season this year, uh, just expiration date. Kind of like, uh, who was it that you kept fading? Cooper Rush, I think it was. Had that hot yep. start, and it was like, all right, backup. That's the thing with backup. I mean, you see it with Josh Dobbs too. Like these these fringe, you know, quarterbacks that can make a couple of, of good starts. More often than not, uh, there tends to be an expiration date. So it's the reason I they're think, a backup, right? So, and Mac Jones probably should have been a backup the whole time. So whoever we get a quarterback, you're going against Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. That should be enough. One of the few spots, and maybe I'll regret it, but one of the few spots I trust the chargers to get it done so chargers from six to zero titans from one to seven and then you got the jags from eight to two eight and a half to two and a half and the jets from two and a half to eight and a half uh, we'll get into our underdog money line par away in a sec but as a reminder the action network podcast is presented by bet mgm Use bonus code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call one 18 100 gambler. All right. Underdog, money line, parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. We are 9 and 15 on the year, but that's mostly you. You're 6 and 6. I'm 3 and 9. So, your world, I'm just living in it when it comes to these money line dogs. Had the bills just ripped away from me. Uh, in overtime, of course, because once the Bills game goes to overtime, it's over. Like it, even if they, I'm, I'm just happy that the Bills won the toss. Otherwise, that would have been. Oh my I would have lost Bro. plus three and a half. <laughs> Where are you going for your dog money line dog this week? Uh, let's go with the Saints. I don't know who's going to be at wide receiver. They could be <laughs> down to uh, Kentucky boy. Uh, Lynn yeah. Bowden's my boy. Uh, he's uh, he's good whenever he gets in there. Keith Kirkwood, an At Perry, an At Perry, Wake Forest kid. Uh, but I tend to think that. Whenever there's like cluster wide receiver injuries for one game, the market tends to overreact. These guys are still professionals at receiver. They can work all week with the first team. And last I checked, the Detroit defense is a dumpster fire. Since week seven, dead last CPA per play. It has been the worst defense in the NFL. And last I checked, Jared Goff is still a pumpkin and will throw games away. So I think this line is just too high. I can't get to this number in any world, no matter how much I account for the New Orleans injury. So I, I played the Saints plus four. This is kind of when you want to bet car anyway as a dog. Money on dog here. I think the market's overreacted to the Saints injuries. I don't want to back Derek Carr and Dennis Allen at all at this point, but I agree. I think you know Detroit's kind of showing their colors. It's like it's like the reversal last year. Last year the, the defense started terrible and then got 
decent down the stretch. This year it was decent. And then no, it just I've been on to this Detroit unraveling. defense. Yeah, no, you just you've called it out from from John. I think they're a bottom five D dog shit. I think the same thing yeah. this game. Let's parlay that with the New York Jets plus one twenty five at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Uncertainty. That's really what yeah. we're looking for here. Don't have enough certainty to take the Jets on the spread. And honestly, you know, I think number one because there's no positive sample of Tim Boyle like yet. Like there's nothing to hang. I mean, I guess he covered. I, I was on him when he covered that game back in Detroit. But like, I mean, there's nothing to point to. But don't just focus on you know the negative of you know a team because and it, you know you should you should be able to go figure out which bets to avoid and so you do have to look at the negatives for each bet you're thinking about but in this situation it's like yeah the Jets are terrible they have a bad quarterback and a bad offense but the Jets also have an elite defense the Falcons have a bottom five defense uh, by most metrics bottom eight at work at best uh, and. Falcons also have a bad quarterback and an offense that kind of hit or miss. Pretty one-dimensional here. Take London completely out of the game with uh, Sauce Gardner and, and DJ Reed. Um, you know, probably could do something with the cornerbacks on Pitts too if you really wanted to. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get from the Falcons, and this is a Desmond Ritter disaster spot, and we know Ritter has played a lot better at home than on the road. So if the Jets are ever going to break the streak, uh, this this could be the time. You might even see Trevor Simeon here, which I think would be a upgrade on, yes. on Boyle. So give me the Jets plus 125. Parlay those together. You get just under 5 to 1 odds plus 496. So juicy little uh, parlay there. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if this one were to hit. Finally, We've got the best of the rest games we haven't covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. All right, first up, Cleveland at the Rams. Rams by three and a half. The total is 40. Joe Flacco has been named the backup. Uh, I guess it will be either DTR if he clears concussion, which he probably won't. Uh, or uh, PJ Walker, and you know they they've kind of made it clear that they don't want to go back to Walker. So I'm assuming if if DTR is indeed ruled out, we get uh, we we do see Flacco take the field here. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, too much uncertainty. I mean, the line's too high uh, mm-hmm. over three, but I'm not running to bet the Browns. Uh, I mean, their defense should give Stafford and that offense problems, just from a matchup and schematic. You don't want to play a lot of zone and not get pressure against Stafford and those receivers, which you won't get from the Browns, but you probably won't get Denzel Ward again, who was out Mm. last week. Emerson got hurt. Garrett Garrett. got hurt. Tomlinson hurt his hand. Walker hurt. It could be a different defense. It could be a different defense. And you saw that against the Broncos last week. I mean, it just got bad. And then Cooper's hurt. He's probably going to be limited from what I hear. Yeah, rib injury. And that's um, – that. like, even if – because I've noticed this with receivers in, in particular this year. DK Metcalf had a rib injury off the injury report. But if you watch him play, you could tell it's affecting him. Cooper Cup a couple weeks – I think it was last week or yeah. two weeks ago. Ankle injury completely off the injury report. And then he's gimping around, like, after, like, the first drive of the game. P.J. Walker is so bad. We know who he is. So, I, I couldn't – it's too much uncertainty this game. Pass. Yeah, I thought thought about the total, but uh, that would be if the Browns' defense was healthy. It's Wednesday. It's there's just way too much uncertainty to handicap this accurately. But I, I yep. will say, like the total being forty and the line being three and a half tells you that uh, the market, at least at least early in the week, is expecting the Browns a not banged to up be. Browns. At, at, yeah, yeah, I don't think yeah. Ward's playing, and Garrett's yeah. not going to be a hundred percent. Miami at Washington, Commanders. Nine and a half point underdogs at home. The total is 50. This is another one of these spots. I feel like we've said this a couple of times this year with, with Washington. It's like, it's too many points, but I don't know. I don't know where, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust Washington. I don't know what I'm going to get from Washington outside of a fuck ton of passes. Like besides that, I don't really know what I'm going to get from Washington. I don't know where the effort is defensively. I mean, it's a crapshoot. So, you know, it's, 
a little too few too many points on the on the number, but uh, that defense that defense scares me. And even with Miami missing Phillips, you know Ramsey on the outside that 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 that's big against you know Washington's pretty receiver oriented. So uh, stay away from me. But what are you thinking here? Yeah, line's too high based on what I projected. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I projected like seven, so I got to ten. Maybe I think about it. But Miami blows these teams out. It's what they do. Washington's dead last EPA per play defense on the year. And they had some guys that they got rid of halfway through the year, but they don't have anymore. I don't know how they can stop Miami. And then on the other end, Miami's defense since week seven, top five EPA per play. So they got their secondary healthy. Phillips lost Will Hurt in the long run. You know, they're starting to get a, a hang of Fangio's system. Pretty complex system, takes some time. So I can't, I can't lay it because I just don't. I make it seven and a half, so pass. So the Giants have only had three games this year over 200 net passing yards. That game against Arizona in week two, where you still had Daniel Jones in a fairly healthy roster, and the two games against Washington, both with uh, backup quarterbacks. So this this defense is... Yeah, and now you're going to go against Miami with a healthy Waddle, a healthy Hill, and probably a healthy HN. I do think Miami is probably a better bet to blow out Washington than Washington is to keep it a, a one-score game. You could get some rain. I want no part of Washington in this. Yeah, I'd probably lean over, if anything. You know, Washington's going to pass a ton. Miami, yeah. no resistance probably from, yeah. from, their, from Washington's defense. So, yeah, it's a high total, but uh, don't, don't hate the over. But hopefully everyone – had a profitable survivor, uh, at least with those, with those, uh, what was it, 11, 11 weeks. Um, I, I think I was ended up in the final three, uh, in, in our, in ours and, uh, made it pretty far in a couple others. So we have both ended up in the same place, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Just 10 weeks later for me. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week for week 14. That's a wrap for week 13. Uh, of course, you can hear more of myself with. Sean Kerner, the odds maker, talking fantasy DFS, all that good stuff on the Fantasy Flex podcast. We also got our player projections episode uh, right here on this channel where we talk guys who are high and low on, top five at each position, and, and some props. And uh, you can hear Stucky talking college football over on the Big Bets on Campus podcast on a Friday morning. Stucky is on X at Stucky2. I am on X at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until week 14, let's get this shmoney. Let go. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.